Everybody give our worship team a hand clap. That was awesome. God is so good. All the time. So welcome. If you uh, if you don't know who I am, I am uh, C.W. Wigley. Um, I'm married to the beautiful worship leader. That's my glory to fame. She is definitely my better half. Uh, she pushes me and drives me to even be better um, in all things, but let alone um, my walk with the Lord. Like there's many times where I wake up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and like she's not in bed and I'm like, wonder if one of the kids is, you know, upset or something and I go out and she's on her face with a blanket over her with worship music on and just worshiping. And I'm like, there's no question of why she's our worship leader. Like, I don't know if there's other people in here that do that too. You can say, well, I do that too. Well, praise God. But I get to witness it. I'm, I'm the lucky one that gets to witness it firsthand. So thank you for all you do, Kirsty. Um, I've been going to the church for, for a solid 18 years. And then there's like, this is like going on 19 of total. Um, I've sat under our pastors for that many years and got to serve with them. And, and, uh, if this is your first time, coming are I'm not one of the pastors so if you don't like me come back um it's it's all good I I'm not going to be offended uh all right we got some amazing pastors um I honor them like just just in the recent months over all the years I've seen them have to do a lot of things and make a lot of choices and even in the recent months like we've we've been involved in in watching them have to navigate things and navigate the love of Jesus to the whole church and I'm like, I don't want that place. <laughs> I don't envy them at all. Like, so it is, they are amazing pastors. They have an amazing heart and love for you guys and a love for Jesus. Um, like, I just love them. I love them so much. So, so thank you to them. Um, I, they're down in, uh, San Antonio right now, uh, at the Cowboy Ministers Conference and, um, and Pastor Lynette is speaking. I don't know if they're watching here this morning, but if they are, thank you guys. I honor you guys. Thank you to you guys, uh, the church congregation, congregation for coming and trusting me, uh, to bring the word this morning. Um, <clears throat> I also want to welcome, uh, Kingdom Ranch, our online, um, church, our, or our satellite church in, in uh, Merced, California. I welcome you guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, so every, every, the first Sunday of every month, pastors like to pray over tithes and offerings. And a lot of times they'll have somebody come up and, and give everything and they're like, Hey, like, um, do you got anything? Can you do that? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, because where I come from, like, um, I come from, and sorry, if you guys don't know me by now, I pace. So that's why I moved everything back. Um, but I come from like wild, wild days, right? And I was broke. And there was times, um, there was times in my wild days that, 
that like I was so broke that I'd squirt hot sauce down my throat. It happened for three days. I did that so that it upset my stomach because I knew that if I did that and it upset my stomach, I wouldn't be hungry because I was so broke. But yet I'd pay in pennies. I remember paying in pennies for the keg. I gathered up pennies for the keg, you know what I'm saying? And so like I come from those times... And when I started coming here to church and I started learning about tithes and offerings, and that was one of the big tickets of why I started coming to this church was because they didn't pass the hat, they didn't pass the basket. You know what I mean? It was a thing of, hey, we got a box at the at the door. If God tells you to do business here, do business here, right? And so as I started learning more about tithes and, and offerings, I started I started tithing. And I remember... It wasn't like overnight that all of a sudden, like, poof, like, I had money. It, like, God's not a genie in a bottle, right? Uh, but he, he tells us to tithe our, our 10% and to test it, Malachi says, to bring your tithes and, uh, and offerings to the storehouse and, and to test him, I'm not word for word, but to test him in this, that he would open up heaven and pour out heaven on you and that he would rebuke the devourer. And so as I started doing that, like there was times where I got paid Friday and on Sunday I had $28 to my name. And this one time we had a guest minister come to the church and luckily, thank goodness, because I wrestled with God for a little bit about this, um, we had a picnic following that because I asked God, I said, hey, how much do you want me to give? He said, $20. I said, God. Like, I know you know all things, right? We just, as we just started singing it, I was like, I know you know all things and you can do all things. But like, I only got $28 and I got to make it to the rest of the week because I get paid on Friday again. So I wrestled with him. I go to the picnic. Luckily, our guest minister went to the picnic. And I asked him numerous times, how much you want me to give? 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. And I'm like, God, you are crazy. Like, literally, I'm having a conversation with God telling him, I don't know if you quite know everything. I think you're crazy right now. Because, like, literally, like, you know I got $28, and you know $8 is not going to get me for the rest of the week. He wouldn't let up. So finally, at the end of the picnic, I gave the gentleman uh, 20 bucks. That week, I, I couldn't even tell you how it happened today, but I made it on $8. And I never had to squirt Taco Bell sauce down my throat. It was amazing. And so if you're in a place of, like, I don't have money to tithe or, or anything like that, um, here's something, too. If you're newer to the church and you haven't heard this, like, if God tells you to give here, give here. If God tells you to give somewhere else, give somewhere else. It's not like we're trying to, like, preach and tell you, hey, like... And I'm telling this story to try influencing you to start giving to this church. It's not that at all. It's I'm encouraging you to tithe because there's huge blessings. Like there is like financial freedom once you start tithing. We're now going through financial peace because I I was not good with money and and now with uh with Roy and Ashley, like we're we're finishing up today with our last deal. Um and so yeah, we'll have financial peace. But tithing to, to me brought financial freedom. And so that's why I want, I'm sharing the story is not to try influencing you, but to give here. I'm trying to influence you to say, hey, guess what, guys? Like if you listen to God and you're obedient to God on that, like 
he will bless you. There will be freedom in your finances. Amen. So we're just going to pray over the tithes and offerings that come into the church and over all you tithers. And uh, so, so Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for uh, all your blessings, Father God. We thank you for the jobs that you provide for all of us, Father. We thank you for the provision. We thank you, Father, that you uh, order all the footsteps and, and, and give us new creative ideas that we could even enter into new promotions and, and work, Father. And Father, we just pray a hedge of protection over every, over everybody's finances that they would be protected in the name of Jesus. As your word says that you will, you will rebuke the devourer for our sake. And so, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would, that you would rebuke the devourer over everybody's finances. Father, over the church finances, Father, we pray, Father, that, that as the church tithes where they tithe, that they, that we would be able to bless in, in abundance other ministries, Father God. And Father, we pray, though, Lord, that you would just order the footsteps of all that, that everything would be done in order, and that your kingdom would be advancing through the tithes and offerings of this church, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> um, I was going to go somewhere else, but I better get going. So, um, if... Uh, I got a lot of notes like this was one of a hard message for me to put together. I don't know why, but like I feel like like I just had a lot of scriptures. So if you're a note taker or you want to take notes, I encourage it. Write down at least the scriptures so you can go to them because I'm going to be reading through a bunch of scriptures. And but I just feel like without it, like like I'm trying to show you like in scripture. Right. And and so without it, like. Like, yeah, you're taking my word, but like, that's exactly what this message is about. All right. So I would encourage you to write down the scriptures and go home and read them and, and all that stuff too. We're going to go to some scriptures, obviously, but, um, but to go to all of them, we'll be here until three. Unless everybody wants to be here till three, we can do that. You know, I'm down for it. But, uh, but anyways, um, if everybody can turn to Job 42. And it'll be verses one through seven. And, and, and as you turn there, I'm just going to be starting like, like telling the story of what led me to this. So as Kirsty, um, if you guys were here two weeks ago, Kirsty, uh, ministered. And if you was here, you heard a little bit of it. Um, and I'm not going into great detail, but Kirsty and I over, like, this is what led to this, this word that I had this, uh, that God put on me this morning. So. Uh, 2018 started a, a series of, of struggles for me and cursed. Um, November of 2018, we lost the, we had our first stillborn. Um, 2019 though, we had Titus, our youngest one, three years old. And, and he, they're saying he had, uh, growth restrictions. He wasn't growing. So we lost, uh, Boaz in 2018 at, at week, um, 20, 23 weeks. And at 23 weeks, they started telling us with Titus that, that they, we, like, if we made it to 30 weeks, we're going to be lucky because he was in the less than one percentile. And we've seen massive, massive miracles, like, like God do crazy stuff. And like, like people's, you know, people can say like, well, you know, ultrasounds can't show everything and, and blah, blah, blah. But, but here's the thing with, with Titus, like, 
they would come back in. We went to, we was going to a specialist. We had two specialists, uh, two different specialist uh, ultrasound techs, and then one regular ultrasound tech, and they all was coming up with the same measurements. And they, there was times that that they would even come in and and um, and measure a second time because the doctor wanted to be sure before the, before they told us the information, before they told us the bad news of that he's still not growing, that his head is in the 94 percentile, but his arms and legs are in the less than one percentile. We'll be lucky if we make it to week 30. We'll be lucky if we make it. And as it progresses, we'll be lucky to make it to week 32. If we can make it to week 32 and get get him to weigh at least three pounds of two ounces, I think it was, you know, and and God just performed complete miracles. They're saying achondroplasia, and they're 90 or 99 percent sure he had a skeletal disorder, 80 percent sure that he um, that he had achondroplasia, you know. And so we've seen all these miracles, right? So. I mean, our kids are on fire. Our kids, you know, like, like we would, we pray with people out on the streets. We'd pray with people at hotels. Um, I remember, uh, trying to pray with a guy that wouldn't let me pray, um, at a hotel swimming pool. And Trayson goes, man, you should have done this. You know, Trace was like involved, like heavily involved. And then like we'd go to a restaurant and he'd be like, hey, like, um, I wonder, I wonder if God would wreck this waitress the same way. Do you want to see if God wants to wreck this waitress? You know, he's like, he's like ready for God to move in our lives. You know what I mean? And in the 2021, we go in with, Kirstie's pregnant again. We go in and no heartbeat again. Nothing changed with us again. We still prayed for the resurrection of, of our baby. So that's baby number two, because after baby number one, I said, I'm, I'm going to pray for every baby that don't have a heartbeat. And I'm going to see, see a baby raised from the dead. Amen. Right? And I mean, we had doctors and nurses and everything like looking at us like we're crazy. And it's okay because we are crazy in love with Jesus. And that kind of zapped us a little bit, you know what I mean? Because we didn't see the resurrection of our second stillborn. So things went on. Kirsty's pregnant again. And just in August, we had our third stillborn. At close to the same time, it was 21 weeks. And, uh, and there's no answers. We have no answers. Um, and so us trying, as I brought up with the kids, us trying to raise our kids to be kingdom you know, advancers. Like we want our kids to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want them on fire. We want them trust in God and all things and, and all this stuff. And as a dad, I'm sitting there saying, God, I don't trust that you can't do all things, but why? What, what am I missing? What am I this? What am I that? And, and honestly, I was just mad. I was mad, mad. And I was just mad at the whole situation. I was mad at this. I was mad at that. Mad at that. Like, just mad. And um, not at God. Um, I don't ever really feel like I was mad at God. But, um, and I, just being honest, being true, like I would tell you if I was. For those of you who know me, you can vouch for me. But, um, but it, I, and I told pastors that. And pastors are just like, hey, why don't you come over here after work? Can you, can you come over? And so I go over there. And... Um, and we're talking. Actually, I helped uh, help Pastor Darren uh, work on Riata's uh, vehicle. And then we're talking after that. And Pastor Lynette goes, 
why don't you read Job? My eyes went like this, like they're big, because let me tell you something, Job, like I wanted nothing to do with reading Job, because why, like I wanted to be meditating on good things. And if you haven't read the book of Job, it's kind of a Debbie Downer, right? Like there's a lot of stuff that goes on with Job. And, and one of the things that always bothered me about it was like, I always thought that Job, the reason why all that stuff happened to Job is because he feared, feared that it would happen. Because in Job 3.25, I want to make sure I got that scripture for you. Job 3.25, he says, everything that I have feared, greatly feared has come upon me and everything that I've, that I've dreaded that has, has come upon me. And, and so, my problem was, is I had some fear. And I really didn't want to face the fact that if it was me, if it was the dad, my fear, the dad of these babies that was, that was blocking God's work, right? And, and so, as obedient to pastors, like, cause I told Pastor Lynn, I don't want to. And she's like, yeah. And I don't know if you guys have done this yet, like, with pastors, like, I'm like, hey, I got this problem with somebody. And they're like, yeah, you might want to take that up and, and with God and fix yourself. You know what I mean? In the most loving way. And that's almost what this was like, you know? Like, I don't want to read Job. And she's like, I think you better. I think you better take it to God. You know what I mean? And and um, and so I did. I was obedient. And uh, I'm going to actually go through it a second time. I'm going to do a deep study on it. Um, but what I found was like, like everything that I was was afraid of and I feared, that wasn't even the case because God said that in the beginning, God said that Job, he could find nothing, like no faults in him. Like it wasn't like he was perfect, right? Because he was man. But like it wasn't like he had these things against him. It wasn't like God said, well, you can do this because he fears this. So it wasn't like the fear brought it on. It was that he was a, he was a servant. He was faithful and, and, and not that like God's going to let you just have you get punished because of that. But it's like, Hey, things are going to happen. Like if ever, if anybody's ever told you here, come give your life to Jesus because your life's going to be just wonderful. They're lying. Just saying. And that's part of where we're going. So let's go ahead and, uh, and look at, uh, Job 42. For those of you who've got your Bibles and you've turned there already, got your finger there. We're going to start here in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. I want to stop right there because... In, in that time with me, like there was times I didn't understand stuff, right? There, there's times in our, in our struggles in our lives that we don't understand some things and we have to advance with faith in just trusting him, right? Because this is what Job proceeds to say. He says, listen, please let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor 
which despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends. You have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. You see, if you haven't read Job, all the stuff happens to Job in the first couple chapters. And then the rest of the chapters are all like Job conversating with his friends. There's four friends. God had just addressed three of them. What's wrong with having friends, right? Like everybody needs friends. I mean, in our, in our time, in our loss, like we had friends. We had loads of friends praying with us. We had friends praying around the world. We had a, we had a gal send us a, a video of prophetic dancing from Brazil. I mean, literally when I say around the world, we've had people praying for us around the world. We've had friends. We've been in those situations as those friends. And we, like, even Job's friends, I'm gonna go here just for sake of time, I'm gonna read it. Um, Job's friends had good intentions. Now when Job's three friends heard, that this is uh, Job 2.11, now when Job's three friends heard of all this adver- adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place. Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite. I think that's how you say that. For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. They had good intentions. I mean, how many of us have actually want, wanted to mourn and, and, and sit with friends as they've went through stuff? Probably every single one of us, right? Only a couple of you raise your hands. That's good. I hope you guys have friends, but like, <laughs> but like things happen. Like if it's not like in our lives, like it happens in, in friends' lives. And, and, and like that's our human nature to want to go and, and sit with and be there for friends. At least it should be. Um, and there's and there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with like pouring into friends and ministering to them, as long as we're as long as we're telling them the truth. Because so often, see the the crazy part. So little little rabbit trail, but it'll tie in. Like back in April, they did a deal on me and they found like that I got a hole in my heart between the upper two chambers. It's a thing that 25% of the population has. It, people are, all people's born with it. It's how blood goes through it, um, in the womb and all that stuff. Just 25% of the population doesn't close up. So they found that I'm one of the 25 and one doctor wants to put me on Plavix, which is a, a platelet deal, right? And if you're a doctor or something, like I love you, and I'm not like trying to like I'm not trying to say nothing, right? Um, but like I went and got a second opinion, and this doctor's like, and this was like to actually do a procedure to f- close the hole because I don't want to be on uh, pharmaceuticals all my life. And he's like, well, you're not really a candidate for it. And he's like, but I also see that they got you on Plavix. Why did they got you on Plavix? I'm like, well, because it's supposed to help me. I didn't say this. The hole in my heart, like, it puts me at higher risk for a stroke. 
And um, I said, well, the Plavix is supposed to help me, uh, you know, prevent a stroke. And he goes, there is no hard evidence that it even works. And I'm like, then why Why is everybody like these other doctors telling me that I'm supposed to be on this? And he's like, well, like us doctors, we want to do stuff for our patients so much that like if we can just maybe give an incl- inclination of hope in something, then we'll do it. And that's why he, they've probably done it. But there's really no no hard evidence that it actually works. And I'm like, okay. So that's how we are as friends sometimes. We want to help so much. We want to speak into them. We, we want to take some of the pain away from them that we start reaching and grabbing for concepts. But the concepts are partial truth, but you left out the main part of the truth. See, there is a... Let me hit on this real quick. So Job's friends, the three... I'm reminding you that there's four, but three of the friends all hit on the same thing. And they all was going to Job talking about how he had did something wrong. He had sinned or or something was out of order in his life and blah, blah, blah. And this is why it happened. This is why, like, all the bad things happened to him. This is why his health is terrible is because he sinned. How many has heard that? In our, in just in church, like, this sin brings about it, right? Which is partially true. And in some cases, I'd say that it is true. But it's not something that we can just jump on and say, hey, a curse don't come without a cause. You must have sinned. You better get on your face and start repenting. We have to be speaking in truth. We have to be going to God in truth and knowing, knowing that there's truth there. Like when we speak something, we can't take the things like, like, oh, well, God needed. These are just some sayings like that. I popped up. You guys can probably start touting off more than me, but God just needed another angel. Is that true? No, it's not biblically sound. There's nothing biblically sound about that. As a matter of fact, like there's scriptures. I even pulled them up. Hebrews seven says, you have made him a little lower than the angels. Talking to man. Not a, he didn't make us an angel. 1 Corinthians 6, 3 says, Do you not know that we shall judge the angels? So we have been made a little lower than the angels, but there'll come a time in the end that we actually judge the angels. So there's no biblical sound doctrine that God just needed another angel and that's why somebody died. But how many times is that said? Just trying to comfort him. Just trying to be there as a friend. Another one coming off of our fast I thought about was he gives the desire of your heart. So if you have a desire of your heart, must be God, right? But here's the thing. That scripture comes from Psalms 37, 4. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you're not delighting yourself in the Lord, you need to take those desires that you have in your heart and see if you need to sacrifice them at the altar or not. Because they literally might not be of God. Talking about this always reminds me of the story 
uh, that pastors talked about of a gentleman that was getting divorced. This was down in Texas when they were still ministering on the road. A gentleman was getting a divorce from his wife because uh, he wanted to, uh, like it was on his heart, it was laid on his heart that he was going to go to the strip joint and start ministering to the stripper. And so he was going to divorce his wife. You might want to go and delight yourself in the Lord, old son. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I don't think that's biblically sound. Man, I'm serious, but, but like, so like with our coming off of our fast, what have we, what have we encouraged our friends with? What have we said to them? Is it biblically sound? Like this word, when God brought this word to me, it corrected a lot of things in me. So when I'm preaching this, this just isn't to you guys. That is for sure. Because I've said stuff. The things on Facebook. I wasn't even, I was like, you don't need to go on Facebook. That's gonna go on a rabbit trail. But the things that we post on Facebook, are they biblically sound? You have a platform. You have a voice. Is it biblically sound of what you're saying? Jesus is calling. I want to read this same scripture out of the message too. I'm convinced you can do anything and everything. Nothing and no one can upset your plans. You asked, who is this muddying the water, ignorantly confusing the issue, second guessing my purpose? I admit it. I was the one. I babbled on about things far beyond me, made small talk about wanders way over my head. You told me, listen and let me do the talking. Let me ask the questions. You give the answers. I admit, I admit I once lived by rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll never do that again. I promise I'll never again live on, on crusts of hearsay and crumbs of rumors. See, when God started giving me this word, he also started taking me to um, the New Testament. Like things started, I mean, I've read these scriptures like over and over again. As a matter of fact, even one of them, uh, when we uh, put the curriculum for Rooted together, Kirsty and I, um, that's at the front of the book um, is what I'm going to talk about. But But these started popping out in other places to me because like, like we've talked about the religious, right? We've talked about being religious, being in a religion. That's a common talk among among Christianity. It's a thing that like none of us desire to be. Like if somebody calls me religious, I'm like, hey, hold on. I'm not religious. I'm in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I ask that you correct yourself. You know, no, I don't say that. But <laughs> but anyways, like like I don't like the word religion. Don't put me in religion. I always said religious people are the ones that killed Jesus. The Pharisees, Sadducees, they're the religious ones, right? So you got religious and you got, you got a relationship with Jesus. But what God started showing me is there's a whole nother group. Man, I'm so off my notes. 
And this is just going to show you the group, okay? This is Matthew 9. So if you want to start turning to Ephesians 4.11 through 16, I'm going to read this scripture as you're starting to thumb there. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? The disciples of John came to Jesus and said, Why do we and the Pharisees, the religious ones, fast? But your disciples, Jesus' disciples, don't fast. So that tells me that there's three people. There's the religious ones. Then there's the ones of John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist was ordained and and appointed from God to be a forerunner, right? He was going to go and proclaim the good news of, of the one that was coming. And then you got your disciples of Jesus. And the, and the interesting thing with this is, is that this is after the scripture that I just talked about that's in, in the rooted book. Because in the rooted book is John 1 35. And it says, and in my notation in my Bible says the first disciples. It says, again, the next day John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So two of John's disciples, John the Baptist's disciples, were the first disciples of Jesus three groups of people the religious john the baptist disciples two of them become disciples of jesus i want to make a disclosure here real quick before i go into this next scripture too or this next scripture will be part of the disclosure but the next one following sorry we need spiritual leaders so there we got cowboys in here and everything like that and one of the one of the common things that was always said with with cow with some cowboys is, is i don't need church i i meet jesus out on my horse and all that stuff out on out on the prairie right everybody's heard that right so i'm not bashing you but on the same token i'm telling you you need church bud like we need church leaders so like i'm not saying that Being a disciple of John was a bad thing. Why? Because he actually is the one who led him to Jesus. John actually is the one who said, hey, this is the one that I tell you about. And they went and followed him. They followed the one that John had been talking about, right? And our church leaders, if we go to Ephesians 4... It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So our spiritual leaders are supposed to be equipping us. 
We need spiritual leaders. So I am not saying that we don't need them. I'm not saying that we don't still need John the Baptist. I'm not saying that we don't need pastors Darren and Lynette at all, right? But what I am saying is, is when they show us Jesus, we need to run to him. Okay? Because here, here's something that I feel like God showed me in this. Let's turn to Mark 10. Or, I'm sorry, Matthew 10. I was afraid I was going to be way short. I thought we were going to get done at 10 o'clock. Starting here in verse 10, we're going to skip around a little bit. We're going to cover some ground here. Verse 10, verse, or chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Let's skip down here to verse 5. Because the next scriptures just go through the names of all the disciples. Verse 5, these 12, the, the, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, Raise the dead and cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. We're going to skip over here to chapter 11, verse 1. Everybody following? Now it came to pass, when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples, that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have, have the gospel preached to them. And the blessed is is he who is not offended because of me. Verse 4 again. Go and tell John the things which you hear and you see. That you hear and see. To me, that was so relatable to where Job was. Because they were still spectators. They were still sitting back with John because I remind you, some of John's disciples were Jesus' first disciples. Why didn't these disciples follow suit? You see, we have opportunity to sit back and have pastors, Darren and Lynette, be like our John the Baptist and tell us all the good things of Jesus. 
We have them to be the ones that can start giving the prophetic words and, and reach into the into heaven and bring heaven down here at church and we get to experience it and it just rocks our world and we go on Monday morning and it's nothing of the such. Why? Because we're still disciples of Darren and Lynette. You see, we have that opportunity every Sunday with our pastors to say, hey, this is Jesus. This is who he is. Run to him. Because if you if you study those out, the two disciples, one of the two first two disciples was Andrew. And then if you go to Matthew 10 in the names that I skipped over for the sake of time, Andrew was one of them. He stayed with him. Like he kept following and he was one who was empowered to go and heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead. But you don't hear about John's disciples doing that. So there's a connection that happens when you start, when you start seeing firsthand and you start hearing firsthand from Jesus and not just John the Baptist or not just Pastors Darren and Lynette. There's something that happens. There's a fire that happens. There's authority that happens. There's, there's opportunity for you to reach into heaven and bring heaven here on earth when we start following after the one. And we don't sit there because I say this, I say this again. I was one of them and I said, I'm not a religious one, but I sat back. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not a Sadducee. But I sat back and I just watched. I was a spectator. But see, with all this, since, since pastors asked me to speak, I keep hearing in my spirit, he's saying, God's saying, I want to do a new thing in y'all. He says, I want to do a new thing. And I believe that God wants a, wants a church of not just disciples of Darren and Lynette. That he wants disciples of Jesus Christ. And I'll guarantee you that's the heart of Darren and Lynette. Uh, the heart of our pastors is that. They don't want you just to follow them. They want you engaged in power. They want you filled with the Holy Spirit. They want you laying hands on the sick. They want, as a matter of fact, I just looked back, I seen Sharon. She is starting to head up the thing for testimonies. Man, I'm starting to spit now. She's starting to do a deal with the testimonies that is, you guys start having testimonies come that she starts reporting them. Why? Because when somebody needs something, they go and read the testimony that somebody was healed of cancer because Ty, uh, I just called you Ty. <laughs> Ty's little brother. Uh, because he starts laying hands on the sick. He goes to the hospital. He lays hand on somebody with cancer and they're healed. That then, then somebody comes here to the church and they read this testimony and say, Hey, somebody in this church laid hands on somebody with the same type of cancer and they were healed through the name of Jesus. Yeah. Our pastors have that heart. They have that vision. They don't want you to sit as a disciple of, of John the Baptist. They don't want you to sit as a disciple of them. God says, I want to do a new thing. I want every one of you. So my question to you is, where are you guys at? 
See, I, I'm not going to be the one to say, oh, you, you're, you're a disciple of Jesus, but you, old son, you're still on that John the Baptist boat. <laughs> and you, huh, I don't even know what boat you're on, you know, just kidding. <laughs> but we got to self-evaluate ourselves. We got to say, God, where am I? Where do you see that I am? I dang sure don't want to be one of the religious ones that whip people with the word of God. And like, I want to be operating in love. And I used to be one of those too. Believe it or not, I've been, I've been all three of these. So if you're one, don't think that I'm judging you. I have no room to judge. <laughs> I used to be so mean with the word of God. I'd be like, God said it. Don't look at me. He's the one who said it. Oh, whack. But hey, seriously, like, where are we? Are we a religious one? This church ain't a religious church, but you can sit in this church not as a religious one. You can sit in this church and only be a disciple of pastors Darren and Lynette and never, never walk in your full authority that you're called to do. So in order to do it, you're going to have to have faith. Because that fourth friend of Job's what he challenged Job with is, he said, who are you to be questioning God's sovereignty and in, in, in everything? There's some things that we just ain't going to know. But then he turns around and says, God is gracious enough that he will tell you answers. But it ain't going to be through some friend that's telling false truth. Or partial truth. I don't even know if that's a thing. Is it false truth? Yeah, sure. I just made it up. Um, So we need to, as a friend, we need to be in that place of being a disciple of Jesus. As a position of Job, we need to be in that place as a disciple of Jesus. Turn with me to Acts 19. Here in verse 1 it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And when he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. This was 20 years. What I studied, like what I found studying, like this particular time frame was 20 years after the death of Jesus and there were still people 
following the doctrine of John the Baptist. They're still following the baptism of John the Baptist. In John, there's even another scripture that I didn't even use today that even the disciples of Jesus said, Lord, can you please teach us how to pray like John teaches his disciples? And that's when Jesus said, so when you pray, pray like this. And that's when he broke down, it's pray like this, not pray this prayer. I want to say that, but the Lord's prayer, right? There was no correction from Jesus saying, well, John don't even know how to teach, how to teach him. Like you need to do it this way. No, John obviously was doing it correctly because they asked to be taught like John the Baptist's disciples. And Jesus went ahead and taught him. There was no correction. There's nothing said that John was doing anything wrong. So that doctrine could be very solid, right? But it's not the fullness of the spirit. It's not the fullness that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised from the dead and sent the comforter, sent the teacher, the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 1 or 2, read them, there's your homework. I always give homework when I'm up here. It says that when you receive the Spirit, you will receive, you'll be filled with power. People get freaked out about the tongues and the prophecies and stuff like that. It's real. I've had it in place in times where I, you can't talk me out of it. It's okay. Honestly, it's okay. It happened with our son, like the, our three-year-old son that I was talking about at the beginning. He didn't breathe for the first three minutes. And now I know is that three minutes at approximately three seconds I prayed in a, in a tongue and he, and he took his first breath was because there's a nurse there calling out every 30 seconds. We're at 30 seconds now. We're at one minute now and they're trying to bag him. And, I, and I, at three minutes I start praying in a tongue and boom, he, he, he starts breathing. I know there's people in here that are like tongues. That's witchcraft. It's not witchcraft. If there's a fake, there has to be a real. If there's a counterfeit dollar bill, two dollar or $100 bill, there has to be a real, right? And we're supposed to have the Holy Spirit to navigate that. I'm telling you right now, there's fake stuff out there. But the Spirit of God is so real, so tangible. You can reach out and touch it. He says, I want to do a new thing in it all. So there's two things. Well, first, I need to do this. First, as I just said, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he died on the cross for our sins. He took our sins. He was beat. He was He was whipped and everything for us. Some of you might say, well, wait, I ain't done that bad a thing. You're right, but it's still sin. We break one thing, it's, it's the other. It, like they, we broke them all, you know? He died for every single one of us. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I say Lord and Savior, some of you might have only accepted Him as Savior because that's what somebody told you is that partial truth thing, right? Say this prayer and you'll go to heaven. But it's that Lord and Savior. I don't believe you can have one, one without the other. That come is a total deal. He's the Lord and Savior. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that today, please raise your hand.
Anybody? I'm not going to make you come up here and dance and confess all your sins. promise you that much. Like I said, I have no room. I've been there, done that. And then the second thing that I want to do is if you have accepted Jesus and you've backslid or you've never stepped out from that disciple of Cowboy Church or or whatever church that you go to, if this ain't your home church and you've never stepped out from a disciple of that and said, I'm a disciple of Jesus and I want the fullness. I want everything that you have for me. I want the tangible Holy Spirit. If you've never done that, then you want to do that today or you have backslid and you've done it and then you, and you've come back in and sat down as a disciple and you're just the spectator again. Things got rough. Persecution happened. That's the thing. If you read the rest of Matthew 10, Jesus actually goes into a whole section talking about how persecution is going to happen. It's not easy, guys. It's not. So if that's you, that you were one of the disciples of Jesus, you were on fire and, and, and persecution got rough, things got rough, the enemy will light you up. He's going to try coming and, and attacking you. Why? Because if you're not doing nothing, why does he have to attack you? He has you right where he wants you. He has you scared to step out. You're not advancing the kingdom so he can advance his darkness, his kingdom of darkness. You're not advancing the kingdom of God? No threat. As soon as you start advancing the kingdom of God, you're a threat to the enemy. So if that's you and you've, and you've stepped back, it's okay. You've stepped back as that disciple and you just want to sit in church and just be a spectator again. But today, you want to step up and say, no, I want all of it again. Would you please stand up? Two things again. If you never have stepped out, you've accepted him, but you've never stepped out as the disciple, or you have, and you've stepped back. So I want everybody just to reach our arms out to everybody that's standing up. We just want to pray over them. So Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, Father. And Father, we pray... Father, right now, that you that your Holy Spirit would fill them, that your Holy Spirit would touch them in a tangible way, Father. That your fire, there's a word as we was praying this morning on the inside. So, Father, that word, Father, of the inside, that your fire, the Holy Spirit, on the inside of each one of these standing up would just start building up and, and exploding as a volcano, Father. That in their workplaces, that they would be people that just their presence would change the atmosphere, Father that they could walk in love, that you'd be letting them see the people around them through your eyes, that they operate and function in love to all people, Father God, that your Holy Spirit, Father, would be speaking to them with clarity and giving them words of knowledge, Father God, and prophesying over people, that they'd be changing people's lives, that your Holy Spirit would guide them into the truths of what to tell not the partial truth, but your Holy Spirit would convict them and keep them on this line and, and ensuring that the fullness of your gospel, the fullness of your truth is spoken in the name of Jesus, Father. 
Father, we just thank you for who you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Two things. We're going to have a prayer team up here. And I'll probably drop down here and pray too. Because God showed me that there's yokes. There's people with yokes. And we are only to be carrying the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy and his burden is light, right? But there's people in here with yokes. And if you're one of those people with that you feel like you've just been yoked, like you just can't break free of something, I want you to come up here to the prayer team after this. Two things that was heavy on my heart was alcoholism and, and depression. And they could be hand in hand. One could bring about the other. Alcoholism could bring about depression because you lose everything. Depression could bring about the alcohol because you want out of the situation. Right? So I don't know. Don't have to be together. But I'm just saying it was on my heart. God was showing me the yokes. And those are the two things. If those ain't the two things, and you still feel like you're yoked with something, I'm not saying that that's the only people come up here. I'm encouraging you to come, and we're going to watch yokes get shattered up here. All right? Like, so please come up here. Don't don't hesitate to come up here. Like, Jesus come to set the captives free. And His Spirit is so tangible, so real. So come up here, please. Don't go, don't leave here still yoked unless you're only yoked to him, right? So anyways, thank you guys so much. Uh, we, I appreciate you guys, uh, putting up with me. Um, hope you guys got it. If you got questions or whatever, need prayer for anything else, not just the yokes, I'm willing to pray for whatever. Um, we, we believe in it, in it all. We believe he can do all things, right? And I promise you, I will stand with you in agreement that he can do all things. So, thank you guys.